is the Tiltcast episode 470, Buff Tuddler. And this week, guys, we talk more Warhammer, Vermintide 2, Chaos Wastes, Pit People, mm-hmm. Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries, I'm short. Slime Rancher, I mean, and Astroneer. Stay tuned. And I have a beard in game. He's like a hairy child. That's two cans. And, and a desperate sh- man shaking. His shake weight. It's the Tillcast. <laughs> We're back at Saturday, June 19th at 9.25 p.m. And it's an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. <laughs> As I try to finish my drink. I am Rusty. And with the three of us, you're going to get an indeterminate amount of time of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games, some news, but uh, we'll probably do less bullshit since uh, there's a bunch of games announcements. Um, and we did play a little bit of game, yeah, but yeah, I, I feel like that section is going to be shorter than the new section this week. Well, yeah, probably. Just because so and much has happened. Because the, the information dump. It's basically information dump the uh, the week. So much stuff and things. Yeah, and it's all over the fucking internet. Why? Why? Why are we doing this again? Um, <laughs> on the other thing, I guess there's lots of things. Like, mm. So you could say all the holidays, right? Happy Juneteenth, Happy Father's Day, um, etc., etc. Yeah. My uh, my fiance sent me a that, shirt. That applies to me in a much more official capacity this year. Happy Father's Day, yeah. ass for me. Yeah. I got oh. some keto cookies and a shirt that says "Best Dog Dad Ever." I uh, gotta yeah. declink the dog. Here you go. <laughs> I forgot about the clinker. That's how I know where she's at. Well, now now it's she's intentionally in kind of noisy. It's kind of intentionally noisy. Yeah, she's in stealth mode. She can't hear it. So she, she made a friend. <laughs> she did. Yeah. So the next door neighbor has a very friendly golden retriever. Hmm. It might be a mix. I don't know. It's a pretty big dog. Goldies. But so the hole in the bottom of the fence, I guess my hypothesis is, is right. They've got a little kid. Little kid likes to go over there and like kiss Lola's face and Lola likes to kiss the kid's face. It's just a spot in the bottom of the fence where the dog sticks her almost her whole face in. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And so they got a dog, right? Their dog does the exact same thing. Wow. So they take turns sticking their head in the hole and staring at each other and then, like, licking each other. <laughs> and then that dog watches me while I spin Lola in circles. The context is way off in my head right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Rusty's, Rusty's uh, got a porn epic going on. What? Lord of the Cocks or something like that. <laughs> Anyways. It should have um, been No, no, that. no. The Watcher. Okay. Creeper. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, there's yeah. porn of all kinds out there. Wow. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so she's been very entertained with both the kid and the dog. And nothing has happened. Like, I went over there. The dog's super friendly. Like, she can get that golden retriever and get all the way to her ears inside the hole at the bottom of the fence. Okay. So, wow. and she also, much like Lola likes, you know, scratches. This one over there had scratched her from the face, and she was very... Very friendly. Very, friend, very friendly. Yeah. In, in the doggy glue hole. 
Yeah, um, it's a it's a doggy hole. <laughs> it's a uh, it's really cute. Um, mm. How do you transition? I you don't. don't. You don't. You just do. You just jump right in and fail. Yeah. Stop. Listen. Let's try to poke a hole at it. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Anywho. Um. <laughs> But yeah, uh, this is the worst transition ever. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of we're anything just, to we're say. Just, we're just like mm, derp. Mm, it's a it's a it's a doggy hole. What do we go from this there? went to a place that neither one you of guys, us knew how to come you guys out store, of. You guys steered the ship there. Wait, I just, no, I did not steer nothing. I was I was purely a passenger. <laughs> but so I went to. Uh, Try making something different. I've been making a different rendition of uh, red sauce, and I've been doing it with a little bit of more tomato than I normally do. I mean, it's red sauce. It yeah, like has tomato as a as the base ingredient. It's like a smaller base ingredient, but I decided to use those Italian peeled tomatoes instead, mm. instead of like using regular tomatoes. Okay, tomato um, like tomato sauce or okay. It's a lot thicker. Okay. But, so it's like crushed tomatoes. Yeah, almost. But it's got about 19 chilies in it. I mean, okay. It's you good. have a weird okay. All what, right, got what it. Red sauce, of, like what red kind sauce. Of chilies are you, we talking? You, you're talking. You're, you're talking red salsa. It's not salsa. It's not salsa because why? Do you call it salsa on the sauce you put on your enchilada? To put it as like as plainly American as possible, do you put salsa on your tamale? I mean, I'm talking I'm, to the boy I from am Michigan. Very American when it comes to this. <laughs> if it's red and it's got like chunks of vegetable in it, it's probably a salsa. I'll let you taste some at break. Okay, it's supposed to be heated up. Because when you're saying red sauce, I'm from. I, I come from a uh, a. More of an Italian background. I don't think I've got Italian in my blood, but it, that's where my brain goes. Yeah, so it's the base is onions, right? So okay. caramelized onions, tomatoes, oh. yeah. chilies, yeah. basil, or not basil, bay leaves. Okay. And um, cilantro. Okay. And red chili um, pods. We call that salsa. It's not salsa. <laughs> Is it blended smooth? It's like a smoothie. Okay, so it is blended smooth. Okay, then therefore then that's it's gravy. Not a that's we got, spicy gravy. That's what we gravy. actually no, Very that's southern it's not, of you. That's, it's not that far off. That's what we call I, it. When I was a kid, we called it Mexican gravy. That's what that's what a lot of Italians <laughs> call their red sauce. It's the gravy. It's the gravy. It's, it's, it's the flavor vehicle. Or it's, it's, it's the flavor and the noodles are the vehicle. Either, either way. Yeah. And then I, you know, there's like a whole full clove of roasted garlic in there, too. I mean, that's the only way to go. And, you know, it's it's got heat, but it's super. It's man. This is probably one of the best red sauces. Usually I thicken my sauce with cornstarch, right? And trying to do keto. It's like, I'm just going to add. Tomato. I'm gonna to add a little bit more tomato and make and, it thicker that way. Yeah, you can. You could just use the fiber from the tomato. Right. Yeah. So, I did that and added more chilies to it to offset some of the sweet from the tomato. Holy shit! It's super savory. You could probably also thicken it up with um, 
you know, like a little bit of tomato paste if you wanted to. Uh, Doesn't need it. Yeah, I'm mean, just saying. Um, I mixed it, so I was making some tacos, right? And so I mixed it in for that. And then later on this week, I might, I don't know, make another protein and then mix it in with that. I've done it with like chicken or whatever, right? Yeah, that makes that would make, make some good. kind of like enchilada Ooh, out of the chicken. That would make so that would make a good enchilada. It's the same kind of stuff you'd use for an enchilada sauce. Yeah. So this is my homemade enchilada sauce to make it very Americanized. Okay. Thank you very much for... For uh, everybody for, that's in the for, South or Southwest, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you for ma- ma- making it but something that my northern you know brain can figure out. If it's that thick, it would make a great chicken parm. I don't think it would. Nah, well, no, that, that, actually, that requires a marinara. Just this, is, this is like an Italian hybridization. Okay. Let me tell you, like, I'm going to give you a little bit. It, no, if wow. it's that thick, it could. I know, and the but spicy, you're wrong, and you're going to stay wrong. The spicy <laughs> with the mozzarella would work with it well. Being, with it being chilled, I literally can stand a spoon in it. I mean, okay. That's thick. That's, I mean, that's how my red sauce comes out, but then again, I use... A red sauce for spaghetti. So right, <laughs> you're talking about a meat sauce. Right, I'm talking, I'm talking full on bolognese. Yeah, that's like the stuff Jessa makes me, which is also delicious, but a very different flavor. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's I put no wine in this. <laughs> well, I don't put wine mine mine either, but that's because I very rarely cook with wine. So there's a few exceptions. Anyways, so yeah, I've been uh, having cooking adventures, and you know. Try it. With it being this hot, right, walking to Lola just a little bit less than normal because it's too hot for me to go when I normally go. And then I'm on this new schedule with everything flipped on its head. So I wear out in the morning and then all afternoon while I'm working, she's just like, what's going on? What's going on? Right. Yeah. No, it's well. And I don't have time to wear out. Like I've had to take. I, so just going to say this and. If they ever offer to sponsor us, I'm going to veto it. Cox Internet. Uh-huh. Um, put me on notice that they're going to upgrade my network. And I worked out working on my day off on a three-day weekend that I set up to offset part of that, mm-hmm. not knowing when it was going to interrupt work. Got into a panic on Tuesday morning and started working six hours early yeah. to make sure I got my shit done. And then it was out for just a little bit. I told you it was only going to be out for like 15, 20 minutes. They said they were going to tell me when they were going to start. They never told me. And then it said it was down for the entire fucking day right. while I was working. And that's that's what's called an outage window. Believe me, from the tech field, I can tell you right now, most of most of the things that I have have an outage window that ha- that's anywhere between 8 to 12 hours long. If I was not, if I was hourly, I would have just called an absence. I would have just said, fuck this shit. I'm going to do it. But with my work, I just get behind. Like, even when I take off, I have to work ahead to get ahead so I can take time off. That sounds like ass. Kind of is. (laughs) But I I just, I just give, I just give work to my uh, coworkers. That's all I have to do. (laughs) But all that being said, me and you, it's giving me and you more multiplayer time. Yes, it is. We'll get into that in a second, but before I do, you guys got anything interesting? I know, Jason, you got some more outdoor toys. <clears throat> I mean, I got new outdoor toys I played with a little bit today. Got a power washer. Oh, uh, yeah, That's power fun. washers are fucking amazing, aren't they? 
That's Dude, fun. Will it clean your fence? My fence, my siding, the cars. I tested it on everything. You're going to have to show me how to do it on the fence. Dude, it's, I mean. Uh, after you're done you, playing with it for a while, you, I want to you, borrow you, yeah. you, you point and you press trigger, and it's pretty yeah. easy. The only thing you got to kind of play with is how close you can get before you start actually digging into the wood. Yeah. And that's fine. So, it's, so about, gotta, it's about the same distance as taking it close to your car, but not taking the paint off of your car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and depending on what wood your fence is made of, it can be different, but whatever. Me, yeah. Siding was perfect. Like the vinyl siding, oh, it yeah. just cut oh, shit. through it. I could clean my brick. Yes, you yes. could. It worked on the brick and mortar as well. Dude. I was surprised. And this so you just thing, played with this all day, didn't you? It, it is just a little... It's a big squirt gun. I of mean, course he did. Yeah. I like <laughs> no, I only played with it for about an hour and a half. I'll play with it more tomorrow as I clean how the much, rest of my side. Text is way off in my head again. How much <laughs> how much did you get done in an hour? In an hour and a half, I got I got about a quarter of my siding done in in like forty five minutes. That's a quarter of your siding? Mm-hmm. A quarter? Of your siding done in 45 minutes? Mm-hmm. And I had the whole house done. Well, like, well, if I do my fence, like, that's going to take a long time. No, Now, keep in mind, my siding has not been cleaned well, in probably 15 to 20 years. I, uh, it, there's a lot of buildup there. I, 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 I figure quotes cleaned it once or twice while I lived there. It, yeah, but that Kinda was with the hose, with the hose and yeah. the pressure you could get out of a hose. Yeah, it, it was. It got most of the dirt off of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, it doesn't get it power washer clean. Exactly, and there were even still a couple spots like where Ivy had been clinging to it. Yeah, where I had to pass over it several times, and that's what takes the longest part. Dude, yeah. Ivy cling sucks. Well, it clean your, it'll clean the grout out, too, huh? Yes. Yeah. So, like, in your driveway yes. or, like, in the sidewalk yeah. or... You need a power washer yeah. in your life. You do. How much did that thing cost? I can, so, tell you that, I can tell you how much they cost up north, because I bought one for my mom, remember? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> this is actually a little electric one. 1,600 PSI. Yep. And uh, Walmart... No. Walmart sells it for like one forty nine new. Uh-huh. Uh Crystal found this at one of her stores. She goes yeah, to Yeah, of course for did. like fifty bucks. Of course she did. Yeah. That means you're still gonna need to spend about hundred and forty yeah. bucks to get one. <laughs> but not today, Satan. I can tell you with the I can tell you with absolute fact now. That's worth it over the gas ones, which are decidedly more expensive well, yes they're higher pressure but you don't necessarily need the higher pressure for everything well sure i mean the one that i got my mom was actually fairly close to that um that pressure and it, i think we spent uh, 120 bucks for it or something like that um but the convenience of having electric um you didn't you, you wouldn't think that they would mesh together well uh, considering it's water, water, right? But but its cord is really long. It's grounded, so you can keep that plug away, away from where yeah. you're spraying. And you really should fairly easily. Um, but 
I got that one for uh for her camp so that she could you know you know pressure washer the fucking RV. rv right the the camper um in <clears throat> the awning mostly the awning because the you know a lot of shit just collects up on the fucking awning and uh turns it black so especially since i just park it for yeah and then the park vast it for majority the, of the time yeah they have that awning out all summer long unless it's really windy so you know that's that is uh one of the benefits there but of course i mean there's a reason why there's YouTube videos out there of people pressure washing like lawn or uh, fucking driveways and fucking walkways and shit like that and having you know being oddly satisfying. Um, it be, it's because it, it is. It's very satisfying. I will be testing tomorrow whether or not it will actually power wash the weeds out of. Some of them will. Yeah. Some won't. It depends on how, I, de- I guess it depends on the weed. Yeah. Oh my God, we are old men. We have t- turned this gaming we podcast are. into fucking like. Um, <laughs> new uh, travel camping stove propane <laughs> that I had to test out. <laughs> that I'll be getting an adapter cable for so I can actually hook up like my regular propane tank to it. Okay. Yeah, you're going to do a little bit of camp camp cooking. But we've already got a couple of like weekend campouts planned for this summer, or Crystal already planned them, uh, much to my non-heat-loving chagrin. I don't understand camping. why people want to camp in the summer. There, well, it's, it's different here in the fucking, like, frying pan of the fucking, you know, of, of the United There's States. There's no way I could sleep outside right now. Dude. There's no fucking way I would even walk outside to take the fucking trash af- out during the day. I'd be, af- I'd be afraid of, like, somebody accident. Like, I would literally be sleeping on top of so, some bags of ice completely naked and be so sweating my balls we off. Are, we are actively looking for a glamper. A window <laughs> air conditioning unit <laughs> for me to put in the tent. <laughs> because I cannot sleep in this. Like, it's 80 degrees at night here. <laughs> you gave me so much shit for being a fucking glamper. And you're yeah, like, but, no, I can't but fucking But you, you could have been in a tent up there and it wouldn't have been this bad. No, I couldn't have been in a tent up there because it got down to fucking freezing at night while I was up there. That was, we had, we had the... You know the heater on more than we had any AC going up there. Uh, you can, that's better to sleep in than this. Well, arguably, when you wake up and you can't feel your fucking nose um, because it's froze off, and that's just the thing. Feels like, like eighty four outside my, right now. At my ideal, o'clock. my ideal camping months do not jive with the rest of my family. Fall. My ideal camping like months April are like October. Mar- Mid March through April, fall, and then like <laughs> late October through November. When That's... the colors change on the fucking trees is perfect. Yeah, basically, yeah, it... uh, basically, early spring, early through mid spring, and then hunting season. You well, that I mean, that goes yeah, without but saying. Like, 
that's where my but hunting season up north is when first snow happens so you kind of have to balance shit out i uh, haven't been i honestly haven't been camping in almost 20 years so oh, we need to take you out camping fuck that shit oh no 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 now you fucking now you did it now you fucking admitted it and now you're going camping i have been way more <laughs> hardcore camping than either of you two oh please I have been to deer camp. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I had to survive for four days on my own in Boy Scouts out in western Oklahoma. I mean, that's a fucking deer camp weekend, basically. With We ran out of food, with so a backpack, we shoot fucking squirrels. You know? back, with a fishing pole and a backpack tent. Okay. okay. I'm not going to swing dicks here, but that can't touch me and Casey. <laughs> He's like, sure. this doesn't, you know, I'm not going to swing dicks, but here's my fucking baseball bat. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I understand. I, I'm, <laughs> But I've had, what I'm trying to say is I've had my fill of camping. I did, the last camp camping excursion I did was at a music festival in the middle of summer. Well, that's well, furnace fest for that's a reason. That's just poor choices. Yeah, no, that's, it's, it was me in my younger days, in my early 20s wanting you know and i was drunk half the time anyway so it's like you know you didn't feel it i didn't feel it but i smelled like ass i mean yeah, everybody does at those you were dehydrated places. afterward from the heat and all the alcohol yeah just it was but i don't need that in my life anymore i mean remember the last the time the potties and fucking you well, know in summer i remember the last time i went to furnace fest i actually sat in my car turned on the ac i had a full tank of gas uh-huh cranked the seat back and fell asleep yep and then somebody wrote on my window, are you okay? Because it was fogged over. <laughs> because it was so cold in the car and so hot outside. So <laughs> are you all right? No, I'm dead. <laughs> I, I'm going to say the perfect camping experience around here is in in fall. Mm-hmm. You go out, you camp, you spend the weekend, you get up, you fish in the morning. Dude, like that's great you can i can take the fishing you know take it or leave it and i'm not a big fan of fish myself I'm kind but, of a kind of a shitty fisherman so but but when it comes down <laughs> it's to like it takes me like three hours to catch fish <laughs> but when it comes down to it though the 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 real magic of of camping for me is the you know it's cooking over the campfire that like is that too that is that is what camping you know what i relate to camping the most uh everything else is just kind of there um, we can set some chairs up in the backyard and i've got a little place to burn wood yes uh the uh the you, lola the lola, lola beast lola you can't do that over here come on lola got beast. the room look around come here come here lola get beast. uncle rusty come here lola beast Come on, you shit! <laughs> False Come alarm. Here. She wanted Jason. No, she was, she, she wanted me. She wants attention, but she's going she's gonna get it one way or the other. Um, so well, she's got, she's more awake nowadays than I'm working nights. Right. There we so go. I got those. Uh, there we go. So I got those toys, but uh, I also finally finished Mass Effect Two. Damn, I've got a ways to go. <laughs> um, finished it. She, she just lays right down. Did you my launch? Chest. Finished it yesterday after work. 
Yesterday after work, I ran the suicide mission. Um, you good now? All right. <laughs> and started three. And I got to say, as good as the improvements for for everything so far yeah. have been, three's where it shines because that's where the best base models are. Right? Okay. How close is it to Andromeda since you've played that on PC now? It's pretty damn close. That's good. It's and pretty Aside damn from close. the animations being a little bit wonky with Andromeda, I mean You're... it is a pretty good looking game. <laughs> I mean, it's as close to it's as close to Andromeda as I think Unreal Three could ever get. There's still some obviously there's some particle <laughs> there's a clacking. Uh there's obviously still some particle effects that you know, you can't add any more into the game for uh, that's why they built, that's why they went to Frostbite for Andromeda, but, uh, but as far as just the textures and colors alone, very close to Andromeda. Frostbite okay. has this weird thing, or maybe it's a Bioware thing where they build all of their rocks with these like square cylinders. Oh yeah. Or square columns or whatever. And it just looks weird to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do. It almost looks like they're all made out of crystals, but it's just the way they built all their rocks with frostbite. Okay, so it's they look like crystals. Okay, I'm 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 gonna go yeah, with next you time. On this next one. time that you look at something in frostbite, at least Bioware wise, the the art design team really likes the very asymmetrical crystal looking rocks where they're all just built out of these little like hexagons. Okay, I'm. It's a standout thing to me that always looks weird. Everybody's got their yeah. thing. For, I've, <laughs> I will say you appreciate uh, just how much they did with the textures and colors on Pal on Palavin's Moon. Okay. I don't, I don't remember that very well. I, I don't More, remember Mass Effect 3 very well. Where you well. go get the Primark and Garrus after you leave Earth. Oh, it's a, okay. Got it. Yeah, I barely remember it. So, like, when I play it, it's almost going to be like a brand new game. But yeah. I'm glad that you're having you're, fun. You're I love it. Jason even remarked, you said it's like, it's been like 15 days since you've played Mass Effect. I haven't even I haven't even started it. So yeah, I was I just know. like, well, you know, ADD. And then <laughs> me and Rusty have been playing things. Yeah. These yeah. these guys have ADD. I just power into a game until I finish it. I, I've been doing that shit. I beat Necromunda and I beat both me and Rusty both beat uh, Subnautica Below Zero. Right. It's, uh, it's yeah. So I mean, I've, I've done I've done something very similar. I, I've burrowed. They're, they're into shorter a game. games. Yeah, sure, but I mean, I I have I have my opinions about Subnautica. <laughs> well, and then me and Rusty are talking. It's like we don't. We want to play the new Baldur's Gate um, Dark Alliance when it yes, comes out. Yes, I've been waiting for that. And that yeah. comes out in like a week. So and we'll probably... It comes be... out in two days, actually. Two or three days. The I think 22nd. it's Tuesday. 22nd is what it is. Yeah, I think it's Tuesday. Three days. So that comes out pretty soon. And then me and him have been playing a lot of Chaos Waste. And Vermintide 2. Ver Vermintide 2. And having a blast with that. In fact, yeah. we... Rusty actually tried a different character for a minute. I, I you, you got me away from Barden for like for, all of three missions for about three missions. 
And I hated every minute of it. <laughs> so I decided I was going to level up all the other NPCs. Because uh, Rusty plays Engineer, which has the machine gun, which has the chain gun. And then I pl- usually play Bounty Hunter, which is the Victor's uh, DPS, range DPS class. Right. And we usually set the NPCs to tanks, or at least one tank. We set, what, Grail Knight for one for the quest. Right. And, and then, then we have Celine, or, yeah. Celine, the, the, uh, the Fire Mage. The Fire Mage that has the Seeker Bolt. Right. Um, because she's a little bit hardier than the Elf. Yeah. And she doesn't pick up all your ammo. That's very true. So basically, we 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 set it up so that the NPCs never pick up ammo. <laughs> yeah, Grail Knight doesn't have any range, and you know the Fire Mage doesn't have any range that uses ammo. So we've been pretty impressed with Chaos Waste. Like it's been really fun. I mean, yeah, we got both of our characters. I think max level now, right? We've got our two mains are max level, and then I've been leveling uh, Celine. Max level is 35, by the way. Yeah. So 35, and then once you get to 35, it just says plus one, plus two, plus three. When you get, uh, uh, when you get extra levels and you don't get anything, you know, any more benefit out of, you know, leveling past that other than getting accommodation chests. Yeah. And you, well, the gear is nice. I mean, the gear is nice. It's funny, though, because we don't actually need the gear because we're all playing Chaos Waste. But at some point, we could play some of the other modes. The talents make a big difference. Yeah. I noticed that very early on when I played a, a level Talentless. one level one Victor Soulspire. And I'll be tell you, I'll tell you right now, not having the ability to get, uh, get temporary health sucked a lot. Yeah, because we were playing it on <laughs> veteran just to make sure we got the levels right, and that was—I mean, it was—it was, it was struggle bus. It yeah. was pretty bad. Yeah, we um, uh, made it through by the skin of our teeth the first run. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty struggle bus. You know, there for a minute going going in there with uh, under level characters will definitely well on veteran for sure is is going to be a, a, a bit of a challenge, but. Um, it was something that we were able to get through on basically level one characters for both of us, right? And I'm very close, at least. Yeah, because I was playing the elf um, sister of the thorn. Yep. And uh, that was an interesting way to play. The thing is, for, for me, in, Ver- you know, in Vermintide 2, I, I've always kind of veered towards the dwarf. Uh and so much so that my dwarf has not leveled in a long time. Uh, I've always veered towards the dwarf because a couple uh, for a couple of reasons. The the weapons for the dwarf are something I can get my head around, and I've gotten even better with the melee weapons for the dwarf to the point where the last one we did, I said, "Fuck all ranged! I'm going to go berserker and fucking just just use the melee weapons." Uh, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, the Berserker melts everything. Um, the Berserker is is your DPS. Yeah. So the so for me, it's uh, I like wading into waves of enemies. It makes my day. And with you know with the dwarf, you can just go full on into the fray and I have to imagine what it looks like because I never see it from a tall person's perspective. Yeah, it's like a really buff toddler <clears throat> jumping in there. And and it's just like 
a really buff toddler. Um, it's it's just like I, I use a lot of sweeping attack weapons, which move enemies back and forth a lot. And what, and what you're not used to is with Victor, there's a lot of single hitting. Right. And, that and was, I've gotten really good at headshotting multiple enemies with my melee. Right. And I like kinda, a rapier. And then you've got to do the block and then I can't hit. I can't do it. I can't do it. I just need to go in and fucking like body hit a bunch of fucking fools and just watch them like, you know, great hammer charge attack, swipe, great hammer charge attack, swipe. And so it's just like back and Victor forth. Victor is the single point DPS. Right. Well, he's not much of a horde clear, but if you have noticed when I have had bounty hunter and we get a, to a specialist, it's like melt. Yep. It's dead. You know, that was one of the biggest issues that we had with, uh, uh, with the low-level character run was that we didn't have anything that could melt bosses, so it was just every boss sucked. Um, <laughs> it felt like a proper boss. Right. Like uh, we had the two chaos spawn. Right, the two, the double chaos spawn really sucked. <laughs> we fought, we got through it fairly quickly, but... Yeah, it, because it we was, both had bombs. Yeah, it was because we threw bo- uh, fuckloads of bombs, and, you know, I, I went through all of my ammo... Uh, there was, yeah, it was, it was just, we barely basic, you barely made it out of that fight. Um, the thing about chaos waste is that you never know what's going to happen. Uh, and you can't even rely on the tile sets. And in fact, we started in one tile set that ended up being, that ended up transitioning to the fucking castle that, you know, that is this, like the hub area for, Except that it was all Nurglefied. Right. It was it was just it was all fucked. And then it transitioned to the sewers after that. And that those are three different levels, like the three different tile sets for three different levels all you know, spliced together in that run. And it it actually worked in such a way as like you went down you went uh you went down a set of stairs and you ended up in the sewers it made sense, so you didn't necessarily question it. But those sewers aren't part of that castle. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in... You I know, think it was one world, of the more memorable moments we had with that. was just like, this is what they did with this roguelike tile set structure. And it, and it works. Like, just the wizardry behind that is... I'm sure it's way simpler than we realize. Right, but, but I mean... It, it's... Really cool. It seem it feels very seamless, and that is not something that's easy to do, especially with that game. So they did a, a really good job of transitioning between got, tile sets. They've got chunks of world, right, that they stitch together. Some of it's very much chaos waste altogether and not part of the regular game, and then some of it is stitching in some of the maps from the game, right? Which is just weird on how it does all of that stuff. And then they add a theme to it, right? So Depending on what god you get a curse from, that adds a, th- a layer to it, right? So it's one of them is like all like fairy-like, one of them's all poisonous and gross-looking, and one of them's very barren, and then one of them's like really red, really corn. Corn, the corn boss, the corn with the red skulls. Yeah, and the, 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 the very angry enemies. <laughs> the the modifier that when you kill an enemy, they drop a skull, and that skull turns into a bomb, and then it blows everybody up. So you've got these 
you do melee and you're in the middle of it and you're like, oh shit, I gotta dodge backwards because everything's about to explode. Which is really fun as the berserker, I'm telling you. <laughs> but enough of that. That's Chaos Waste is really good. Me and Rusty will probably continue to play that for a while. Yes. It's just it's easy. Um Oh, it's 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 an easy game to get into. It's like each each run takes about an hour or so and it's you know, and it's different enough on each run that it's interesting. Even if I'm playing on a max level character, it's still very interesting. Yeah, we and did I can a champion s- run, didn't we? Yeah, we, f- we finished a champion run, or did we not? F- no, we didn't finish it. We got almost to the end. We almost got to the end. <sighs> we got fucked to the very end. We haven't done a champion run together. I've done one with two with TJ so far. We but... can do it. It's just that that was. I think we got knocked off of the. We got knocked off the world. Yeah. Um. In a really bad spot. Yeah. So uh, if I go and then in, we've refigured how to do that arena. Yep. To not get knocked off. So if if we do that again, I'll probably go into the berserker. I'm actually kind of getting used to, you know, how berserker feels, especially in chaos wastes, because one of the things with chaos wastes is that you end up with, you know, a random melee weapon and a random uh, ranged weapon. Well, the ranged weapons for, for the dwarf, there's one of them I fucking hate. And I get it almost every goddamn run. Drake gun. The Drake gun. It is basically a flamethrower, and it's useless. It's fucking dog shit. I hate it. Uh, the Drake fire pistols are m- more usable than the Drake fire cannon. Um, so... They both have a limited amount of shots, and it has to cool down. Right, you, it's heat based, and if you try to reload it, or you know, or to uh, to relieve some of the the fire, you take damage from doing it. Um, so you have to basically shoot a couple times and then let it cool down as you use your melee weapon. Um, f- but if you go berserker, you don't have a ranged weapon to deal with. You have two melee weapons, and if you get a shit melee weapon, you just swap over to the other melee weapon, which is hopefully not shit. That's what you do. That's how the Grail Knight works, too. So, you know, so I went, yeah, but the the Grail Knight doesn't fucking, like, you know, shout gibberish as you're fucking destroying enemies. <laughs> Grail Knight's pretty powerful. Yeah, he has that one fucking, you know, like, basically one hit kill. You know, like even the mini bosses, when, he knocks off seventy five percent of their health. When he's just running with the sword over his head, going, "I'm gonna fucking destroy you when you come near me." <laughs> yeah, because the NPC, the when the computer's controlling him, they just if he misses his shot or doesn't see it, he just holds the sword until he can find something. <laughs> you just see him with his sword over his head, and he's like, "I'm just gonna hit something now." You Maybe. hit a you hit a boss. Yeah, it's 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 fun. I I'm actually really enjoying it, and it's if they learn anything, if Fat Shark learns anything from this, that this is a game mode that definitely needs to you know to survive. Uh, you know the the base game fun and all that's fine, but this is a you know this is a game mode that really needs to survive into say like Dark Tide. Um, and I'd I'm, like to see the random maps without the pickups. And a different, so that you could use what you've been earning. Right. You could, you know, like, you could... Uh, and then you just get buffs or something like that? Make it so that you could have a, um, uh, like, 
I don't know, like an armory station somewhere, you know, along the way so that you can change out your weapons as, as you see fit. So say if you go in with a single axe and you say, well, fuck, I need my cog hammer, you know, to, you know, to go forward, uh, you can go to the, you know, find a random armory station and be able to change out from your armory, um, which would be kind of nice. It, if they made changes to it, I think that would be one variation of it that, that, that could be useful. Um, but I doubt that they're going to make any changes to it. Uh, they're going to release the last two of the uh, the I think characters. We're, we're and gonna, then... I think we're going to see support for Vermintide all the way through Darktide, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's going to take them a little bit to actually get the last two characters out, because there's what the... Uh, uh, you still got Victor and you still got right. Celine. Victor and Celine still needs to have their last class unlocked. Uh, and we still don't have a hard date for Darktide to come out. It's... I think so, October is what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be in the you know late fall. I don't think they're going to release it right at the same time as Back for Blood because it's kind of a similar style game. It is, but so I, I'd say it's either way before Back for Blood or a month or so after. The uh, yeah the the thing about with uh, the thing with Dark Tide is you know it's kind of ties into the E3 thing, but it never really actually got a date from E3. It still said. 2021 and that has been uh almost kind of confirmed by the fact that it's also coming to game pass uh so dark dark tide is yeah it was on the it was on the game pass uh trailer so that is another reason to you know to like that game um but it was a blink and miss it inclusion to one of their two minute videos of like what's coming to game pass. So, so I noticed it. Gotcha. (laughs) Let's say as far as games this week, Jason, you had mass effect, right? Yep. And And that's pretty much it. I had a couple games that I'll just touch on. Then rusty, you want to touch on yours and then we can move into E3 stuff. I'll touch it all day long. So, I went. <laughs> so I've been trying out Heroes of the Inner Sphere, which is a DLC for MechWarrior 5. Yeah. And I've got a much firmer grasp on it now than I did last week um, because I've played a lot more. But I follow a YouTuber called, it goes by Baradul. He's a German YouTuber. Um, he does mm-hmm. MechWarrior. He does MechWarrior Online and he does Battletech. He does all three of those. Okay. He, he likes mech stuff. Of course. Um, and he's pretty good, and he's pretty interesting to listen to. And he he doesn't he just plays the game and records gameplay footage of him playing. But it's interesting to see what his strategies are, which has actually helped me out with a lot of my strategies, right? And uh, things I've noticed about this version of Mech Warrior versus the last time I played was the mechs are the AI's been reworked quite a bit. Um, the AI was kind of rough on the first one and really I just played it a lot because it was Pokemech and I it was mechs and it looked pretty good and you know it was alright um, but they've redone a lot of that stuff so here's the Inner is the roguelike version of Mech Warrior, which honestly makes more sense because the story is I was almost playing it like a roguelike and all it does is it just does the random missions and then adds in missions kind of the same way that um, Battletech did its DLC okay 
So you've got some campaign-type missions that you happen upon as you go through the different house-controlled sectors. Flashpoints. Yeah, so kind of like flashpoints, or but you don't have to do them three in a row. You can do them, and then it'll tell you where the next point is, and you can work your way up to it with your mechs, right? But the AI, right, so never use jump jets before. Now they'll use jump jets. And the reason it's important, because jump jets make it easy to backstab. So you use your jump jets to get over the top of a mech and then flip around and then alpha strike in their back, right? Right. You do that a few times, and you can blow shit up really fast. Um, so the pilot mechs will do that now. The enemy mechs will also do that now, um, which is kind of scary. They get scary good at some of their shit and the way they prioritize targets. They're, they're a lot better. Um, used to have this defense mission where you had a little encampment, right? And then you had to make sure that enemy mechs didn't destroy all the buildings, right? Well, your mechs would just walk through all the buildings as they worked on focus firing down mechs and help them with the progress of oh, it. That's nice. So you would basically like tell them all to stand outside the city and not move. And then you would do most of the work, and it was a really a real tour to do that to mission type. Now they'll do they do a lot better. They won't go and engage unless I'm guessing unless there's already destroyed buildings around it. But they don't just like start blowing walls apart and walking through buildings and everything else unless they miss, which you know that happens too to me. I miss and hit the building instead of the mech. Um, but you're a menace. Yeah. <laughs> But a um, whole lot more variance on mechs. Um, there's a whole lot different, more, more, more different, more diverse weapon types. So like the, you didn't have chemical lasers before, right? So chemical lasers use ammo, but they also generate a whole lot less heat, like one quarter the heat of regular lasers. So you could make a Black Knight, right? Which is usually a high heat mech that requires specialized heat sinks and stuff like that and a whole lot of dicking around with to get it to be good unless you just want to put a lot of medium lasers on it now you just load it up with like three large chemical lasers and the rest medium chemical lasers and a handful of heat sinks and it just goes laser laser face all day and until it does it does eventually heat up but until you run out of ammo yeah but the ammo counts are really high on the stuff so, like, your large laser ammo type, which you're basically replacing heat sink with, is 90 shots for one. Okay. And then with the small chemical lasers, it's like 180 shots. And I think it's because you usually don't just load up a single small laser. You usually load up, like, four or five. Um, but long story short, like, it's... Uh, you can also just run into mechs, too. I noticed that. Like, there's no punch mechanic still. But I did take my... Um, what was I running? My Victor, right? And I just ran right into a locust and blew it up. Um, after it taken some damage, so just ram them. Yeah, right up the poop chute. <laughs> Ramming speed. But yeah, just like slide tackled him. But um, yeah, like overall, um, having some good fun with that. It's uh. I think it was worth the money. If you like Mech Warrior, I'm not going to say if you're not a Mech Warrior fan, it's going to be something, but I think it's pretty good. If you want to just try the base game, it's on Game Pass. It is a very large download. I want to say about 50 gigs. Yeah. it's um, And I'm hoping right now that they made it. It wasn't working very well on Game Pass before. No, I tried it on Game Pass, and it, it had some issues, and I... I guess I I just didn't get into it like I used to. 
um, I used to play the you know the Mech Warriors like that all the time. I think BattleTech actually ruined me on that. I prefer the uh, prefer playing the RTS style, the RTS style instead of the first person shooter style. Um, BattleTech's a really good game. <clears throat> Not gonna lie, this table has a thousand hours in BattleTech. Right. We, and yeah. If there was a BattleTech two announcement, I would be all fuck over that. I really wish Hairbrain <laughs> would do it. Yeah, and there's not any talk of them doing one right now. Yeah, I I really wish that that would be a, you know would be the case. I'd be all the fuck over that. But speaking of tactical games, I went back to a tactical game I haven't played in a while. I was showing the boys earlier tonight. I was like, I went through a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I played Slime Rancher for like a day um, and figured out that is kind of like Stardew Valley. I mean, you collect different slimes, mutate them together, collect their poop, and then you sell their poop. It's called Plort. <laughs> it's kind of like a, it feels I've like... I've never a, played Slime Rancher, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I've had it. It was a, I think it was a free game on Epic a long time ago, and I picked it up. I think I actually have it on Epic from that free thing, but... It's a if it's like first person Stardew Valley, so you gotta feed your basically the progression is you sell and you make money. You are making the most noise ever, dog. You make money from selling the slime poop, right? And then you get different types of slime to get different types of poops, right? And because when you feed them they shit this shit out, right? That's why I call it poop. Okay. And then you expand your farm basically, right? So it's kinda like you're a rancher versus a farmer, right, on an alien world, and then you get tools to make your traversal better, and then you get unlocks based on the money that you earn from the slime poop to get to different areas of the map to get different slimes to further increase your income. Okay. So that's kind of the loop. It's uh, pretty addictive, to be honest with you. Um, like I said, I needed something very zen yesterday, which is why I played that the majority of yesterday. And then on a whim last night, um, as Rusty wasn't picking up, uh, I'm sorry. I picked up, uh, picked up. I've had it. I started playing Pit People again, and I was in a weird headspace before. Um, have some in a spot in my life where I wasn't enjoying games that much when I was playing it before. Right. And so it reminded me of that headspace, and. So I tried it again. I was like, what did I not like? I didn't like direct control. I was like, okay, so what's different about this RTS that you wrap your head around to have control over what's going on? I was like, oh, it's kind of like when they're in different positions, they do different attacks. So I need to get them in different positions and set them with the right enemy types, right? So maces are always good versus armor, right? There's some weapons that have armor piercing, right? So you match them up with enemies that have that stuff. And then you basically surround and kill stuff as fast as you can, or you use characters that have CC abilities to CC stuff around you so you can whittle stuff down. But you basically need a tank, and you need DPS, and you need crowd control, and sometimes a healer, right? And But some characters are self-healing, like the hair troll is a self-healer. I, all the characters in this are really zany. It's a behemoth game, right? People make crashful crashers. The voice actor... Sounds a whole lot, the narrator sounds a whole lot like the guy that does Rick and Morty, Justin What's-His-Face. Okay. Because there's the weird bear, space bear, that's like <laughs> narrating the whole thing, who's super sarcastic. And all of your characters basically speak Simish, and then it narrates or has subtitles for everything they say, and it's all in this weird hokey-ass language. 
Um, but it's, you know, it's all subtitled out. So I'm guessing they just didn't want to add language support. Um, I mean, it's way easier just to translate. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah. So like the, I've gotten my head wrapped around how to play that game better. Um, it is still kind of hard. The first few missions before you've got some upgrades and some levels with your characters. Um, but it's way more, makes way more sense to me than it did before. And for whatever reason, the stupid ass non sequitur art style and dialogue and everything, everything's non sequitur about that game. It's the, the, it's the, the base a, town is bouncing. Like literally the, the buildings are bouncing like a freaking you know, a sixties or fifties cartoon. And I've got a person that throws tambourines for crying out loud. Right. And they do like blunt damage. Um, and then I've got a guy that has a big fence post, right? Like in a, a shield that's made out of a stoplight. So like, it's, it's like they just used like weird, where's Waldo clip art and pasted it all together. (laughs) But somehow it kind of works with the, I'm not taking my serious self serious art style. Um, and it's all right. I, I'm having fun with it. It's pretty grindy, but it's kind of like Pokemon, right? You got to catch your enemies to get new classes. Um, and it's fun. <laughs> sounds, it's, it sounds great. I'm being, I'm being, being attacked mauled. by a dog. Oh, here's it. Oh, God. And the second mounting is the on. second mounting is happening right now. <laughs> Hi! So if we ever get get in a proper studio, we have to just have the dog with us? Yes, of course. We're going to have... We're going to have to have, like, a special chair that just goes back for the little pup. That's right. She loves her better lovers. So anyways... (laughs) Um, Were you about done? <laughs> I think she's about to dismount. There, there she goes. Go. You played uh, a whole lot of uh, Astroneer, right? Uh, yeah, I played. Uh, I played uh, a few. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna go back in time. I'm not gonna start with Astroneer because that's what I. That's what I. That's my current love right now. Um. <clears throat> so. Uh, so. This week we've talked about Vermintide. Now it's been kind of our thing. But I can't play that game solo, so... I mean, I could, but I I, I don't. It's not um, as fun solo. I've finished a few runs solo, and it's kind of meh. Yeah, it, it just... The, the fun is in, look what I just did. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's The the fun is in me going fucking crazy and just like... Argh. All right, so... Uh, so there's that. Of course, I had played a little bit of uh, Subnautica Below Zero, uh, and I did finish that this uh this last weekend uh after the podcast and uh it's it's just all right um there was a point where i thought that there might have been two endings uh and i'm not going to spoil it uh but there isn't <laughs> there isn't two endings but the reason why that um that kind of came into my head was because some of the story beats of that game kind of uh, kind of like diverge and there's 
basically what two I'm, mysteries that you're trying to solve, but only one of them comes to an end. Right. And it feels like they started out with one story, and then about halfway through, they're like, wouldn't it be cool if... And then added that second story, and they're like, you know what? This is the one that we're going to go with, and just didn't take the first one out, you know? Uh, and never finished the first one. Um, it would have been a whole lot more uh, satisfying to find a resolution to the first story, the, the story that gets you to the planet, uh, rather than, you know, t you know, just kind of leaving it kind of up in the air. Um, so it, it, I, I think maybe I'm missing stuff and there was a, th th that's another reason why I've, I kind of feel like this isn't as good as the first one is you kind of needed to find all the things in the first one. You didn't necessarily need to build all the things, but you needed to find all the things uh, in the first one to be able to uh, to complete the story. Whereas this one, you don't necessarily need to find all the things to you know to do that. You only need to find certain things to finish the story. Uh, so it. I don't it, even think you really need the prawn suit to be honest with you. Well, it makes certain things easier. You don't necessarily need it. Um, it makes traversing some of the areas a little easier, yeah. But I don't think you need to have that. Whereas uh, there was a point where you kind of needed the prawn suit. Um, well, actually, on the first one, I don't think you really needed it either. Um, no. It's a way of traversing in small spaces with unlimited oxygen basically it was it well it was also the prawn suit always had you know a little bit more depth than the uh the the sea moth or the sea truck uh so i think that extra 100 meters worth of depth you know that you get from it was needed in the first one i can't remember it's been a while um but Honestly, I, I, I kind of agree with you. You know, you had said that it's kind of like a four out of five instead of like a 4.5. Um, I, I kind of feel the same way. It could have been where, way better. I think where they, where they missed the mark on this one versus the last one. And keep in mind, it's still very much, I think it's very much worth playing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but it's, and you're comparing, it's kind of like when we were comparing. Well, this is not the right way. I was going to say comparing Mass Effect 3 to 2, but those yeah. were closer together except for the ending. Um, but with um, they just set the wrong expectations. Right. But with Subnautica, they missed the mark as there is a visual cue as you're traversing the environment of where to go. Right. And those caves got deeper and deeper. You followed the underground river, which is the map under the map. Right. And that helped you understand where to go next, essentially. And it was a really big area. It was basically the entire map underneath the map. Yeah. So it was a very large area for you to explore. And it made sense to build bases because it kind of each section opened up and then you had a pretty big area to explore from that. And it made sense to build little bases like I built a base by the ghost tree the last time I played it, you know. Um, wow. I mean, there's... There's a there's a thing that hangs around the ghost tree, if I remember correctly. Yeah, if you, it doesn't really matter, mess with you too much. But um, 
but anyways, what I'm getting at is like, I didn't really have much of a reason to build additional bases. I built one basically in the hub. Like improvement was that you took a picture of the map and it saved it in a file so you could kind of have a reference to where everything was, um, which didn't happen in the first game. There was a mod that let you take a picture of the map and place it in your Cyclops so you could see where everything was at. Um, but that aside, like the the water in this is really dark in some of the dark areas and hard to navigate. So like there's a crystal area that's very difficult to navigate. Yes. Um, and the other game, the way that they lit it or whatever, right? Like you could see far enough away that you understood where to go in these deep areas. The only place that was dark like that to the point where you couldn't really see all that much was the lava biome. And that wasn't necessarily dark. It was cloudy. Uh, yeah. And then it was lava everywhere but you could kind of figure out where you, the cave was going right you could you could still kind of work out where the cave was going but you uh <clears throat> it was a big area but you never wanted to cross the middle of that area anyway because it was swarming with fucking leviathans uh so you you definitely never wanted to go across the open area you always kind of skirted the edge anyway because it was naturally dangerous in that you know, in well, the open no, that was spots. that was a place for the prawn suit versus the cyclops. Too. Well, I I used I actually drove the cyclops most of the way there, and then uh, last time I played <laughs> it, I used the prawn suit through that whole area. Man, I got to play that in VR. It's <laughs> I got to figure out. There's got to be a mod out there that fixes the HUD for VR. I'm I'm hoping there is. Uh, the that's another thing that's you know they were like no, no we're not going to do new VR at all. So yeah, and then the maps were. The map is really dense, but not really big. I want to say the map's probably about half the size. No, maybe a quarter because it doesn't have the whole underground due to that. Right. And the underground sections are really, there's only a couple of really far-reaching underground sections besides those little caves that oh, are... Right. So the way that I, I, I envisioned the, uh, the map of the original Subnautica was kind of a, a much bigger area that had one river that goes around it and then that goes you know there's one offshoot from that that goes way deep uh whereas the subnautica below zero map has basically holes that are poked straight down in it and you kind of go straight down in certain spots yeah because like there's uh i don't want to ruin it but like the did you find the anemone area yes Right, but that's basically just like straight down a crevice. Right, and, and it took me a while to find that fucker too. Yeah, it's like, hard. You're like, oh, well, there's nickel there, and I'm like, but I haven't found that spot. I was, I had a base over there with a mineral scanner in it that was fully upgraded, and it found nickel, and I was like, okay, well, that must be pretty far down. Let me figure out how to get to it. Uh, that's how I figured it out. I never actually used the scanner. My uh, the uh, the the base you know, the, the scan room, I never used that. Um, so I was exploring by a blind when I was playing, you know, playing that game. Uh, there was like, there's some rooms that I never actually built. I mean, you know, I, I had like a very ba uh, basic base. It was fairly had, close to the, you know, to the geothermal vents. And that was I, pretty much it. 
Mine was fueled by sunlight and a couple of bioreactors is what I had mine fueled by. I only had one bioreactor and one fucking uh, solar panel, and that's all I needed. <laughs> I never needed to use the geothermal or the nuclear yeah. reactor or any of that other stuff. See, and that's that's the thing. I mean, if you want to build a game that has all the stuff in it, sure, base building is you know kind of like one of those things that you could kind of do but i want a reason for you know to do that i want something that requires that much power you know build the game to have these modules that you have to build to progress you know and that is you know one of the the biggest issues that i have with subnautica you know both the base game and this one is that they had uh, they had some really cool base structures uh, that you could use, but you didn't need to use them to beat the game, you know, and I kind of wanted a reason to have an air pipe come from the surface. I wanted to have a reason to, uh, you know, to build, you know, a actually, nuclear reactor, for instance, and be able to work out why that is a thing. I built so in that. When you're having issues finding diamonds, yeah. Early early on in the game, I built air pipes all the way down to that first crevice that has them. So I went and built an air pipe structure and set a buoy next to where the mouth of the air pipe was. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, I only had to go up and down like 50 meters. Oh well. And then you know, use my I emergency didn't... buoy thing, bladder to shoot me to the surface when I wanted to get out of there. I didn't. I didn't find that until after I had a fairly fully upgraded prawn suit. So, I mean, there's there's things that could have been improved with that game, and you know, I think the pacing was kind of weird, uh, and the way that it, you know, it presented the story was also kind of weird. But it just made me want to play a game that had. Uh, a good sense of progression for, you know, for crafting, you know, and that is, you know, you need this to be able to do this, you know, and that is, uh, I, I accidentally found it, you know, I was bored because I had finished that, you know, I finished Subnautica and nothing else is on the plate because everything else is on the plate for the steam cell that's going to happen. I am fairly certain of it. Um, yeah, I think uh, Jess will be here when the steam cell happens. <laughs> so there's a bunch of stuff that I'm waiting to buy for you know you know on the steam sale that I you know that I've been kind of waiting to play, uh, but uh, I needed something to uh, to fill the time so that I, so I went and I looked through basically three different fucking libraries because that's where we are in games nowadays. Uh, I went through my Steam library, I went through my Epic Game Store library, and then I went to uh, Xbox Game Pass. And I remember you said something a while back, hey, you should probably try this game called Astroneer. And I looked at it, and I think I watched the trailer video of it, and I'm like, oh my god, this kind of looks like Minecraft you know, meets Fall Guys. It's kind of a weird... Has yeah. a weird fucking look to it, right? Uh, you know, Minecraft meets Fall Guys in space, and uh, the trailer doesn't do it any justice. It is actually a fairly competent 
uh, you know, crafting game that has a uh, a good exploration loop. Uh, for instance, you you can't really get too far away from your base without setting up an oxygen tether, and you're you have there's no HUD in this game, so your backpack is basically ev- your your HUD for everything. Uh, so you have an oxygen meter and a power meter and you can store some stuff on your backpack. Um, but if you get too far away from your oxygen tether, you'll suffocate. So you kind of have to keep building out from your base to go explore. So if you go into the cave, you have to set up these, uh, these oxygen tethers and basically have this lifeline that runs from your base all the way to where you're going. Uh, and at first it seemed like a pain in the ass, but it was basically, it, it worked just like a lifeline cause you could get lost easy underground. Uh, and the, uh, the tethers are really bright so that you can kind of see them from a long distance away. So you can kind of go back, you know, back to it. You can kind of break away from your tether and go explore for a little bit, but you have to come back to it to get your oxygen. Right. Um, that's what kind of hooked me at first. Like I, I was playing that game and I was like, okay, this is fairly basic. You know, you've got a, a terrain manipulator style, you know, gun and there's really no combat and you're just building certain things that, and, and it was breaking, you know, it was breaking my brain because I couldn't get things to snap because of reasons. And I didn't know how to rotate in that game. So you, when you put something down, it didn't, it didn't feel right the way that it's set. So I had to work out how to rotate things so that it would make my aesthetic brain go fucking, you know, get a little bit better. Um, but what, what drew me into that game was the first cave going down, finding the first cave and finding, you know, finding stuff in the cave that, you know, that was like the spark that like, basically I was about ready to fucking hang the game up and just bounce off of it. And then I found that cave and I'm like, Oh, there's shit down here. Oh, this is really kind of cool. The cave generation is kind of neat and it seems to keep going and going and going and it gets further and further down. And as you go down, it gets a little harder to keep tethered, you know, um, cause you run out of resources. You have to build the tethers. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you are taking basically mining trips down into the earth to find this shit. And they're like, Oh, at a certain point, you need to build a ship to get off of the planet and go to find other resources from the other planets in the solar system. So now that gives you another goal to go for. And then you try to upgrade your ship and then you try to, you know, try to get more resources from the other places and you upgrade your storage and you upgrade your printing. Basically, this this is the the progression that I was looking for. It wasn't you know, it wasn't shoved down my throat. You kind of have to figure it out, but the way that you could, you know, you play that game, you need certain resources from certain places to be able to progress further. And that was what I was missing from Subnautica. 
I was like, I need to build this to be able to do this. And then I need to scale it up so that I can do more of it faster. And that like was the mix between Subnautica and Factorio that I was like, oh, because the recent update that just happened not too long ago included some automation. So you can set up a, a, like a robot arm that kind of sorts, you know, sorts and picks things. So you can have your storage, uh, as an input for the arm. And then you have your, uh, like a refiner or something like that, where it sets that stuff down. And then you can have another arm pick up whatever it was refining and put it into another storage. So I'm like, I could build factories. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So, it, I mean, satisfactory is still a thing, too, so if you... And, and I've got that still installed, uh, and satisfactory is very much a Factorio in three, you know, in a first-person view. Uh, and they just recently did an update to that so that you can have, like, fucking drones fly from place to place and stuff like I'm, that. It's really cool. I'm kind of... I'm on the verge of playing that again, but I'm also just kind of... Whole, I'm, I'm trying to hold off till games come out of early access. Right. And you can't wait I just, for that one. You don't think it's ever going to come out of early access? You can't wait for that one because the way that they're, uh, the way that they're doing, uh, they're adding stuff to satisfactory is they're not really changing the, the stuff that they've put into it. They're just adding more features to it. Uh, so, when Satisfactory started, they only had like, I don't know, like seven tiers or something like that. So when they do another update, they add the eighth, ninth tier, and so on. So they just continually add to the progression of that game. So it's. It, it might be a seven days to die situation where it's just a, a living game kind of thing. Well, it's kind of been an early access for fucking four or five years now. So. Uh, so it, it's, it's been, they kind of take themselves out of the review cycle for that. Yeah, they do. But satisfactory they, is definitely worth picking up. I picked it up right away. Like, you know, when it first hit early access, I had watched it. Uh, I was watching it when I was playing Factorio. I was like, there was a, uh, uh, there was a video of it, uh, showing how the belts worked and, you know, and stuff and in satisfactory. And I'm like, I'm really watching this. I think I talked about it on the show. Um, so I picked it up right away and it's only gotten better. It's been out for two, it's been out for two years, two years. Yeah. It's a coffee stain. Coffee stain seems to be putting out. I don't know that coffee stain has, it feels like it's been longer. Yeah. Coffee stain has had a lot of hits. Valheim's coffee stain published. So is deep rock. So is uh, Satisfactory, Sanctum 2, which is okay, and then some other stuff. I mean, Goat Simulator was a... <laughs> that was a joke game. <laughs> yeah, they turned into internet that was streaming a meme. explosion. Yeah, that was a meme. And then Hunt Down, which I've actually never played. And then, uh, yeah, which, I mean, they've, they've, they've got a lot of... They've got a, a pretty decent list of stuff. Yeah, it's... Uh, with, you know, with satisfactory, I, 
I would recommend it if you like factory style games and you know and building you know games because that is very much you need this thing to be able to build this thing. Uh, it is you know it is re- refining resources into more and more advanced versions of that resource. It's right. You know it's uh it is a factorio through and through. You know it's just in three D. Um, that being said, do we want to take a break? Because we I got think, a, we got a lot to go through. I think we should. There is plenty of news, so we'll be right back. back so this will be a week that we're not diving into traditional news stories because all the news stories for everything gaming was online through e3's virtual thing yes um it's and it's literally all over the internet like all over the place and it made like trying to splice things together kind of difficult but i figure what we're gonna do in the next 45 minutes to an hour or less, depending on how long it takes us, is just go through what caught our eye. Not necessarily everything was announced. Like, just, they just luged it all over. Like, it was just so... It was so random. It just felt, it felt very random. Like, there was, there's conferences, sure, and they had those, you know, those conferences shown in, you know, in spots, but there were, there was... What basically three different things going on at the same time? There was uh, E three, and then there was just before E three. There was what uh, PC games? P- yeah, the PC games thing, and then there's there was uh, Game Fest on you know on Steam, which was basically a lot of indie titles. Yeah, it was just it was hard to keep track. I was trying to watch it while I was working, and that wasn't working real well. And then I was. Uh trying to catch up with different supercuts of trailers. And then that's honestly, at the end of the day, that's kind of where I ended up was supercuts of trailers to figure out what looked interesting and what didn't, because I didn't really need all the exposition. thought it was funny that uh, MechWarrior's five mercenaries had so much showtime on the PC game show. Like they went and got really ridiculous and got mech jockeyed up to do the PC game show. And all of their backdrops were MechWarrior themed. So you Bring it. definitely knew that something was going on. But in the spirit of all that, um, I want to say, you know, I don't normally talk about things winning or losing with E3. But I think that Game Pass made an extremely strong showing of what they were doing for gamers with console or PC. Yeah. And I feel like sony's being left behind a little bit because this pc game pass thing that crosses over to xbox is pretty neat even though i can't get an xbox the newest one right right you never remember a series x right series yes um because there's no availability um i can count on all these games being available on my pc which is more powerful than a series x so um that's pretty cool like i don't really have a reason to get the Series X, unless there's some kind of multiplayer game I want to play with friends. 
but like all these different things. Like just to start it off, Back for Blood is a Game Pass day oneer. Yeah, which is the Left for Dead team, and that was that was a thing. It was uh, day one Game Pass. You know that was that was a very uh, that was something that they pushed on a lot of titles this year. They well, went and said after each one of the fucking you know uh, announcements, they were like, "Get it day one on Game Pass." And I'm like, "Oh, I mean, I already have a subscription to that. That means that's one game I don't have to buy." With the hundred and twenty dollars a year that I spend on Game Pass or whatever, right? Like it covers two games. Total cost, and I usually play a lot more than two games off of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't always pick up games day one that come off of it, right? But there are rotating titles that I go back to. Yeah. So, that... I mean, Astroneer is like 30 bucks right now, and I'm having a lot of fun with that. I didn't I didn't have to do anything more than just log into my Game Pass to, you know, to pick it up. That's the $30, $30 I can save for the Steam sale, you know? <laughs> well, and, you know, we'll be playing Dark Alliance on Game Pass. For sure, yeah. Right. If I'd have known that Deep Rock and Vermintide, I think Vermintide's off Game Pass again. Yeah, it's off Game Pass. That was Game Pass only... actually introduced me to Vermintide. I'm just not sure why it went off of Game Pass. It, it rotates. It's But it's been on there twice since I've had Game Pass. Right. And it... that's what actually introduced me to it. So I was mildly interested, then had nobody to play with me, then got it on Steam on a sale. And then convince you to try it out and TJ to try it out. And since I did that, I mean, I'm getting pushing almost 100 hours in it. Yeah. Now, now, now you've got somebody to play uh, play the game with. Yeah. Yeah. He's got but a sucker. Back for Blood is basically Left for Dead yeah. with four characters, or, or with eight characters versus four, with more special and more abilities. I guess doesn't look that much different, but I don't know that it needs to be that much different. Um, the it's core gameplay of Left 4 Dead is really good. It's still zombies. But that team knows that genre and created that genre. It's still zombies. I will give it a pass because... It's on Game Pass. I mean, there's that. I will probably play a little bit of it you know, because it is, you know, it is that style. I mean, the way I look at it is it's, it's either hordes of rats or it's hordes of zombies, but it's like basically a horde of things, right? A horde so, of things to attack is pretty cool, which brings us into another horde game. Mm-hmm. Um, what the hell is that called? The What? Redfall? No. The one we were just talking about. Uh, oh, Darktide? Darktide. 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 Yeah, I didn't see it on the Game Pass list, but it ended up... Rusty showed me in a supercut... Yes. The trailer coming up twice in the super quick cut that Xbox did for. Yeah, it was an Xbox, you know, official the, account, you know, YouTube video. It was, uh, it was an, uh, a montage of all of the, you know, the stuff that's coming out day one. And very clearly in two different spots within the first minute of the freaking video, you can see Dark Tide in there. Uh, even though they don't have it listed on, you know, as day one releases, you know, there and my my speculation to that is they didn't necessarily know whether or not it was coming out this year. It's well, just got an ETA of this year. I can actually say that there's actually quite a bit that wasn't on that page that also sh- they also announced. So Stalker Two was coming to Game Game Pass. Yes, which looked pretty freaking awesome. That one is coming in 2022, though. So that, that might have been the. Who knows what there was up with that list. But regardless, Stalker 2 coming out was something I was looking for. It's like 
Metroid, but darker somehow. It's, with the anomalies and all that stuff. I don't know how long it's been since either of you guys have played Stalker, but Stalker was a weird game. It was, it's, oh, I don't know if I've, I don't think I've actually played Stalker. So you have these anomalies that are like basically invisible until you throw a bullet in the air or like it's like a magnetic field of some sort or radiation okay. field. And then it like explodes and then blows shit up and oh. it's really violent. Oh, yeah. And so you... I don't remember exactly, but it showed it in the trailer like he's pulling out his, uh, what do you call that? The radiation detector. Geiger oh, the counter. Geiger counter, and he's got a like a bolt. Yeah, a bolt or a bullet casing or something like that. Right. That you kind of toss over there to see if it causes a reaction. And then it shows you where these radiation fields are that are very explosive. So, so basically it's like Chernobyl only turned up to 11. Yeah, and it, it looks badass. But... As I'm very quickly going through these announcements. It's, it, it looked really good, though. I mean, I can only imagine what that kind of game would look like with all of the bells and whistles turned on on the, you know, on the PC. It may be one of those that even our current gen of card even doesn't run on Ultra. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that mine... Uh, DLSS. My machine, yeah. Come on, DLSS. Well... That's going to be a big thing. I mean, you know, take all of the stuff that you uh, that you hear from E3, and, uh, and and look at it from the lens of that is going to either have Fidelity FX or DLSS because they're pushing that harder and harder now. Even on the consoles, you're going to get well with more... the, the AMD architecture. I think it's going to be the Fidelity. Well, AMD uses Fidelity FX, yeah. but. AMD's Fidelity FX also works with Nvidia's, you know, Nvidia stuff. So they're going to be pushing that kind of technology, whether it be called DLSS or Fidelity FX. You're going to have more access to that, which will basically mean uh, you'll get more performance out of your current hardware. So I'm not worried about whether or not these new games that are coming out this, you know, the end of this year and the beginning of next year is going to work on my card because that's, you know, that is going to be something that's uh, pushed to, uh, to improve the performance. Jason, did you have any, I mean, I can keep going, but is there any like real standout titles that you saw? For me, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild 2 announcement was Great from the Nintendo Direct. Um, oh yeah, yep. you do have a Switch. Yeah, I do. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. So the oh. other one that I saw from Nintendo Direct really caught my eye, and that was uh, Metroid Dread. Yeah, which it's, is a two D side scroller. It, it is. Like. It is exactly the kind of you know return to where it needed to be, though. Yes. Now. I do like Metroid Prime, and don't get me wrong. I just, the controls still, on Prime kind of suck. I still want to see a Metroid Prime 4, which was not, it's not the same thing. It's not the yeah, same project. Yes. Yeah, yeah it is a separate project. So, yeah. so we didn't hear anything more about Metroid Prime 4, but Metroid Dread returns it to the side-scrolling roots of you know, where Metroid came from. Yeah. Get the upgrade, go to the next area kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And that, and it looks really good. Like the idea that there's something that's basically unkillable that you have to hide from is a, is a thing that 
is, you know, I don't think it's really been done with a Metroid title. It's it's kind of it's, it's kind of like Resident Evil Nemesis, right? You know, you have you have this thing that's just hunting you down, and you're trying to find a way to be able to, you know, to end it. But you ha- you know, uh, there was a point there where uh, in the trailer you had to turn on a uh, like a cloaking device and stand still so that it would leave you alone. I think that's a really cool idea, uh, and I'm I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it go. Oh my god! Mistake of giving her attention, Jason. Oh my god! I did. I was trying to help Justin get her burrowed in in her blanket, and that was that, that was a very, flipped the switch. That, that was that was a mistake. I will say some other things, kind um, of, oh, but aside from that, uh, Redfall. Redfall was the weird uh, battle royale vampire game i don't think it's a battle royale um no. the way that it was presented now we didn't get any gameplay for redfall redfall was xbox's one more oh, thing i'm 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 flipping around yeah it looked like it was a co-op game yeah that looked yeah. more like uh what, i'd be down for if that since that's a game pass thing that would be something yeah. i would definitely play with you guys that was uh kind of like a hero power style like cross between like a hero shooter and mm-hmm. a, uh, and a horde you know, shooter like a Left 4 Dead. Um, that, but with vampires. But with vampires because... And cult members. Yeah. Um, vampires are usually really dorky in my head, but that <laughs> those vampires didn't look bad. So the way that I, I looked at it was it kind of reminded me of, you know, of, uh, of another game that really wasn't talked about this year at E3, uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. Uh, so Well, I mean, kind of hard to when... They kind of put the brakes on it a little bit. Yeah, but um, the the idea of it being, you know, kind of in that same vein, you have a, uh, it kind of reminded me of Hunter, The Reckoning, where yeah. some, you know, you get some kind of like special power uh, that kind of evens the odds versus these supernatural beings that are basically immortal and suck blood. Um but that that was a really interesting trailer. Now, mind you, all CGI trailer. We don't know how the games are going to play. For exactly. all we know, it could be a fucking like you know isometric fucking tactical game. Yep. For but, all we know. But the premise interests me. Right. Yeah, I was interested in the premise too. I thought it was crazy that um, Diablo Two was announced for Game Pass. Um. So I kind of knew that that was coming. In a way, now this is Diablo 2's remaster, and you know, and the idea behind getting that Blizzard title out there was, you know, just to get. I mean, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people that's going to buy it. To be, you know, to be completely honest with you, I think the better marketing strategy for Blizzard was to get it on Game Pass because Up in they it's have on PC Game Pass because they have a. Yeah. Uh, they'll have a full, um, you know, basically based off of download that they're going to get revenue from. So, you know, and that is this is probably uh, Blizzard getting their feet wet with a, for lack of a better term, beloved game. Well, that Diablo two needed a remaster because its original look was. It's dated, very oh, dated. Oh, very it's, dated. It's, a, it's as it, dated as Fallout Two. Yeah. yeah. 
the uh, the idea behind getting this remaster out there, uh, it could open the door for more Diablo titles to come to Game Pass, which that is well, always Diablo Three. I know a ton of people that played that on Xbox, right? So getting it, I want to say the BMF guys probably sunk a thousand hours into that plan co-op. I mean, yeah, there's another Diablo coming. I mean, yeah, that, I'm looking forward to four, and maybe that's a Game Pass game. And it's and it's it's a possibility. I'm not saying that it will be, but it's a possibility. It's just it just kind of opens the door. So this could be, you know, Blizzard getting their feet wet with Game Pass to see what kind of reception they get. I will say we saw more Atomic Heart, which still looks cool as shit. You know the the facts that. The the gameplay that they showed at E3 this year for Atomic Heart actually confused a lot of people. Like, I was looking through a bunch of, you know, uh, there was a live blog from, you know, from that and a couple news stories that I, you know, that I had read where they're like, we don't know what Atomic Heart really is based off of what was shown to us. And I'm like... It looks a lot like Bioshock mixed with a Russian theme. But if you... If you run the context of what was shown at the you know, at the previous E3, you know, uh, or previous you know previous announcements, I'm not sure if it was an E3 or not, but the uh, the previous trailer that they showed plus this, it's meant to get you off of your. It's it's meant to keep you off your footing. You're not supposed to know exactly what's going on with this game. Yeah, um, it looks random. Because that's the way they wanted it to look. Um, so, moving further through some of this stuff. Mannequins fly kicking you, though, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> weird. Some of the, one of the standout ones that really set the internet on fire, and this is probably more me thing than you guys, is Elden Ring. Which is essentially looking a lot like uh, Dark Souls continued. With more mechanics, same kind of art style. Hopefully more less obscure story and i'm hoping that they don't fuck the mechanics up to a degree where it's like bloodborne or Sekiro, right yeah um yeah so if they can retune the mechanics to be a little bit more accessible to not just be hardcore i think they've got the winning strategy i mean if it has a more upfront cohesive story and i don't see you're dead 15 times in an hour of gameplay. I mean, that's, so, that's going to happen. Well, that's the early game of every Dark Souls yeah, game. Yeah, you're going mean, to die. Yeah, well, with all of those games, like, it's it's a grind fest, right? You grind to get better. Not just your skill, but just better gear. I want all I've wanted, all I've wanted from a Dark Souls game was for me to know what the fuck was going on. If there's a story to be told, there, there tell is. me you the story. Ne- you the never thing got is, further is enough. Most of the story is told. It's told through I've, the NPCs. It's told through the NPCs and through the items that you pick up, and you can you can kind of piece together the story if you if you pay attention. But I don't remember I'm not the story. Necess- I'm not necessarily <laughs> like I don't necessarily need to have it all handed to me on a plate. Sure, but it would be nice to know what the fuck is going on. And I think that was... It's a mixed bag if George R.R. Martin's going to provide that or not. Well, like I said before, I think I said this last week, just expect the story in 2024. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But regardless, it showed mounted combat. It will come in patches. (laughs) 
Yeah, it should. As George finishes chapters months at a time. <laughs> I will say it's the highest fidelity. I mean, that's to be expected, right? But of any Souls game that I've seen in a long time. And I really want to play the Dark Souls remaster if it ever comes to PC. But I just can't get a hold of a PS5. And so, and I'm not trying as hard as I was for the graphics card. But that aside, like, Elden Ring looks cool as shit. I'm interested to see more and see a release date. But it leads me to my next thing. Salt and Sanctuary is getting a part two. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but it looks like more Salt and Sanctuary. And that's a good thing. Um, now, if, you haven't, was... if you haven't played Salt and Sanctuary in a while, it's kind of a Souls-like game, right? Your drop is salt that you're getting that you use to buy your abilities, etc. But it's done in a 2D hand-drawn style. And it's really well done. And it's kind of got some cool physics to it. It's a little bit of a platformer, right? And then it, you kind of got combos to work through. Salt and Sacrifice. There we go. That's why I couldn't remember. But it's close. Yes. The uh, the the thing with Salt and Sanctuary is you you had said, hey, give it a try. And I'm like, I don't know. It's like Saul's game. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I want to do this. And then uh, I buckled I, I put on my big boy pants and I fucking you know sat down and I started playing it and I'm like oh my god it's clicking oh my god these fucking soldiers suck but I found a way around them and then I beat the fucking game and I'm like oh oh I could play a Souls game and then I started actually that started me down a fucking path it was Salt and Sanctuary that kind of you know got me thinking maybe I could play Dark Souls again I it's haven't a, given it a try. Salt Sanctuary and uh, is it Moon Knight? Not Moon Knight. Uh, oh no, the uh, Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. Yeah, Hollow Knight is kind of a Salt and Sanctuary like game. Yeah, Hollow Knight's more of a Metroidvania, but it's uh, it's got certain moves that you have to do at certain spots to be able to do any damage or to block, and that was. You know, a thing that not all Metroidvanias do. So it's it, it was it was a welcome uh, welcome diversion. I will say they've got a whole bunch more story updates coming to Fallout seventy six, which I'm got. Now I'm going to start the expeditions finally, which I'm interested in. You know, I thought um, about it, and in, in my in my search of my three uh, libraries, I thought about it. I thought about downloading it just to, you know, to give it a fucking go, but I decided against it. If you ever do, let me know. <laughs> I've got it, three cop, four copies of that game um, through subscription services and then not realizing I didn't need to buy the game on Bethesda's site. But anyways, <laughs> it wasn't that much money. Um, Eld uh, Elden Ring. Perfect Dark was also announced. Okay. I mean, they didn't show a lot of gameplay. It was a trailer. But it's a thing, and that hasn't been a thing for like, it feels like twenty years. Yeah, I and think, I'm curious I'm, to see what that develops into. Yeah, I I missed it the you know on the last cast, and I I thought that they didn't talk about it, but I guess they did. Um, it didn't really show much though. It was too early to tell. The same thing goes for Starfield. It we don't know what's going on. I just if I had to take a guess. It's some kind of like space settlement building with some kind of enemy you got to defeat in on planets, and that's about as much as I got. The trailer looked really neat. So I mean, I, I 
looked but I into couldn't some tell of, any more about what was going on. I looked into some more of the stuff, um, you know, for it. Uh, you there mean was, the YouTubers picking apart the? Well, there was some. Uh, there was an interview. Uh, there was a couple interviews that was done after that announcement. You know, uh, after that trailer was you know put out there. The trailer itself really doesn't do uh, a whole lot of explaining as to what it is. But it, it gives just, you an idea of the art style and direction right. and world building they're going for, which mm. didn't look like. And it does give you a date, which that is, I mean, 11, 11, 22. Which the is, fact that I can remember that without looking it up. Well, it's because it was the original date for Skyrim, which is 11, 11, 11. 11. 11. Yes. So 11 years later, they're creating their next big game. Right. So the, uh, the, the. Or 10 years later. Interviews no, that I saw years later. Uh, from that was they they had basically said it's Skyrim in space, but it's going to have additional uh, some additional stuff that you know has never been in a you know in, in a title like this before. They're it's also of, Creation Engine two. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's the first game made in Creation Engine two and. I mean, we already kind of dog shit them for not creating games in a newer engine, right? So they created so a new engine. They created a new engine, but they, you know, they're they like the creation engine because you can place all f- uh, all kinds of items everywhere, right? Uh, and even if you look at the trailer, you can kind of see some random shit. If you if you slow down and look at the you know at the trailer at you know scene by scene. Each one of those uh, scenes has something in it, and you can kind of pick something out of you know uh, out of the trailer if you if you watch. I like it the like space that. helmet with the hole that said "Do not use." There's there's that, but the, right something next to that, that there's right next to that there's uh there's a couple books on the shelf, and those books have meaning. And, you know, if they uh, the it was walking through the you know through the galley, and there was a. Uh, sandwich sitting on the table, uh, and that sandwich was basically like a cheese sandwich. Um, and oh, I didn't notice the cheese sandwich. And they've they spent a lot of time putting certain details in uh, in that. And there are people that are over analyzing it for sure. There's like you know, there's well, a I'd lot heard of a long time on... ago that it was supposed to be in the same universe as Skyrim. Right. Well, I, I'm not sure about that. The, I don't um, even know how you piece that together. But one of the things that they said uh, from the interview is that everything in that trailer down to the individual buttons is labeled. Everything in that trailer has something to it. Like those buttons don't necessarily just have gibberish written on it. It's they're they're specifically labeled. They went into great detail making that trailer, but they also, uh, they also noted, and if you remember, uh, Skyrim, I don't remember, you know, I, I don't think there's any ladders in Skyrim. There's ramps, there's stairs, but there's no ladders. And you remember in that trailer, he goes up a ladder and people were going fucking absolutely insane because there was a fucking ladder in, you know, in this yeah, trailer. That's kind of ridiculous. So the ladder technology has come a long way. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I, th- the, uh, the, in the interview, they said, don't read too much into the ladder. 
so we'll 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 see what it is. I mean, there isn't a whole lot to it, but the fact that it was actually uh, there, a date was provided. We'll get more information as it goes along, and I'm hoping that we get to see some gameplay of it sometime soon. I would say on the PC side, um, a game that's near and dear to my heart that me and a couple of people played a lot of is Orcs Must Die 3 was announced. I was pretty hyped. I really like Orcs Must Die. Okay. I mean, I'll give you that. I <laughs> It's the most fun tower defense game I've ever played. It's my favorite tower defense game. Um, the tower defense game to beat all tower defense games. I, I haven't played it, but I've heard enough of it. Uh, heard, heard enough about it. Um, Orcs Must Die 2 is done on a weird free-to-play model that kind of got fucked up. Well, And Orcs Must Die 1 was actually extremely solid. So mm-hmm. if you ever have that and you want to play tower defense, I've played a shitload of that. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that fell the same, in the same, you know, Fill victims to the same kind of shit as the Plants vs. Zombies did. Because you know, um, the latest one for that was all fucking... Yeah, that one was a weird kind of free-to-play model. Mobile-style fucking game, yeah. yeah. Um, one that was fell way under the radar that I wanted to talk about that I don't know that you guys caught was something called Pioneer. I think it's P-I-O-N-E-R. I saw it. I s- and it looks kind of like a stalker, but more supernatural. Yeah, so it... It's kind of like a uh, the the guns looked a lot like um, Metro, yeah, um, where things are cobbled together. Uh, it's a Russian game, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. the whole trailer was in. Well, I think the whole trailer for Stalker was in Russian too, wasn't it? Well, this is the the but trailer for uh, for I want to say Pioneer, but it's not not P I O N E R. Right, it's like somebody mis mistyped pioneer uh there's two e's there man um (laughs) so uh the the look of that game looks uh it looks very gritty uh and that is in the same vein as metro looks gritty right yeah Uh, but they showed some of the customization for the weapons where you kind of hold it up. Uh, it looked kind of like the same customization that you get from Crisis, holding up the gun and putting yeah. on the attachments. Um, that was uh, that was interesting. That also wasn't that the same style uh, attachments as Metro Stalk- Exodus. No, Stalker Two. Stalk- actually, oh, Stalker Two. Okay, yes. Yeah, in the trailer, in the gameplay trailer of that, he picks up a scope off a box, puts it on his gun without going into a menu, right, and starts using the gun. Right. Yeah. It's it, it's it looks interesting. There's a couple things that you know about that announcement, and I uh, I looked into it a little bit more. It's kind of got it's open world. Um. And it has multiple factions. Uh, the story is about, at the moment, like somewhere between 18 to 20 hours long is what they said in the interview. Uh, and uh, the gear that you can get, there's, you know, the gear is going to be based off of where you find it in, in the world. There's also going to be an open PvP area, kind of like a... A dark zone? Yeah, like a dark zone style. 
they don't have it all hammered out as to how that's going to work, whether or not that's going to be like a full on free for all with like you lose all of your loot if you die situation or if it's just going to be like, you know, you're kicked back to the beginning situation. Um, what they want to do is they want to have like world bosses in that area and, the, and then people fight over the world boss to be, you know, to be able to actually, you know, you know, do the boss and get the loot instead of killing each other for the loot, you know, or killing each other to get the, the loot off of the person. It's more of like killing each other for the right to fight the boss. Um, so there's, there's that. And then there, of course, they're going to have, uh, uh, what they were, what they were saying in the interview is they wanted to have a, a, a raid style situation where you have, you get, you know, with your friends and go into an instanced style dungeon and fight a, uh, fight a boss for loot. So it's a, I, I don't know. It's kind of like a mix between Metro stalker and destiny <laughs> and division two. It's it's it, it's a weird. Mix. That's a really broad mix. There was yeah. another one that had a weird hodgepodge. So the original DayZ developer has been working on a game that I've been looking at since before E3 called Icarus. And so Icarus, you're in a spaceship that crashes on a planet, and then you've got to survive like very primitive style. And it looks like the goal is to get off the planet. So get to a technology level where you can build a rocket. And then get off the planet, but it was kind of funny because you see people in like spacesuits with a bow and arrow. I mean, so okay. it's like, but it looks like it's a survival base building game with an end goal of getting off the planet is what I took away from it. Okay, I mean, um, the original Day Z developer is pretty detail oriented, so I'm kind of interested into what he ends up doing. Yeah. I think this is his big game he's been working on since Day Z. Okay, right. so. It's going to have some kind of PvP content in it because that's the way it builds the things. I hope not, but we'll see. I've got it on my wish list. It's called Icarus. Um, You can find the page on Steam right now. Okay. Um, But looking pretty interesting. All right. Um, I ran out of things I was really interested in. Um, What do you guys also have? See, that's like I paired... 150 games down into just a handful. Yeah, there's there's quite a few other uh, other things. I mean, the, uh, there was stuff that was uh, talked about in you know and shown in E3, like uh, uh, the Elix Two trailer. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot with corn <laughs> with corn. I <laughs> playing in the background. I, I was <laughs> I contemplated downloading and playing that now that I don't have a jason's old graphics card <laughs> right to try to play it on but i was like it was a subpar it's a weird game <laughs> so you have three factions you choose on the original elix magic users primitive users or like space marines <laughs> and they all have their own advantages but it like it's a weird hodgepodge like maybe they get it right this time i don't know it it's another piranha bites game so like piranha bites is pretty hit and mix like the gothic series is pretty decent but um I'm trying to remember. It's called. It starts with an R. Um, they've got a game that's got three of them. Uh, One of them uh, I liked a lot. I'll have to remember. But anyways, I'm, Piranha Bytes is hit and miss with their games. Kind of like Focus Interactive is miss with hit and miss with their games. Yeah. Um, sometimes you get something great. Sometimes you don't. What's that new Warhammer game that's not Dark Tide that's coming out? That's a uh, strategy. War- 
uh, Chaos Gate? No, it was um, Chaos Gate. War. Uh, uh, I have it on my wish list. Right? I have it on my wish list as well. Uh, this is another thing I was just like going through uh, through my wish list. Uh, do do do. Preparedness. Um, yeah. So just going back to Icarus, open world survival craft survival online co op. No PVPs listed okay. here. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, August twelfth. Uh, see. It'll be down at the bottom here. Battle Sector. That looked interesting. Warhammer 40k Battle Sector uh, was, uh, looked like a, uh, a tactical game, um, but it was done more in the miniature style. So it's kind of like if you took, um, what was the, the RTS version of, uh, of uh, 40k fucking... It looked like the you know the the RTS version of it, but you took it uh, took it in a tactical direction instead of an RTS direction. Like you're still commanding squads of four Space Marines, but you've also got you know uh, you know a bunch of other you know style units that you can put into you know put on the battlefield. So that to me actually you know makes uh, makes it a little bit better than an RTS version. Uh, to be honest, I, f- I feel like the RTS versions of, uh, of, of 40k was a little more hectic than I was looking for. Um, especially considering I didn't know the mechanics. Oh, I was going to say, we forgot this. Um, um, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands was, you know, uh, actually is, looked pretty all right. Yeah. It looks very interesting. I want to see, you know, see a little bit more of it than, you know, just like a announcement trailer. Um, but the idea that, uh, you can create your own character for the first time in a Borderlands game was kind of interesting. That also brings me to another one that I for- completely forgot about. I'm glad you brought up the wish list because I wish listed a bunch of shit. Yeah, Endless Dungeon. Um, so Dungeon of the Endless is one of my favorite games ever, which is a weird tower defense tactical game, right? Right. You don't have direct control over your heroes, but the strategy is to open doors in a particular order. I didn't get a good idea of if this was real time or not, or if I had to play it with friends or if I could play it single player. It doesn't show multiplayer on here when I pulled up the actual list of it. Art style is different, but the character designs are similar and the monster designs are similar. It's just they rendered them a 3D engine and not sprites. Okay. And they're a little bit more cartoony than I would normally like. But if the gameplay is similar or has a lot of the similar themes of the original one, Right, that there's some strategy there, and it's not just pure twin stick shooter. I'm going to be all right with it. I think if they add some direct control over the battle mechanics, I'll be all right with that yeah. um, because that was something that was lacking in the first one. It's just the concept was really freaking good. Yeah, the um, idea of just putting your uh, putting the characters in specific spots or in choke points so that you can, uh, you know, prevent the monsters from getting to the uh, to the, the crystal. crystal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was one that I was really looking forward to. I was looking for the damn one that I was playing the other night. The, there's a whole bunch of demos out that I've been dicking around with and I can't find it right now. My list is, my list is really big. Um, there it was, was called chaos gate, 40,000 chaos gate. Oh really? Yeah, I was right. Oh, well, uh, I must've missed chaos gate. Um, all right, let me look it up real quick. Uh, <laughs> 
But what was uh, what was what was special about Chaos Gate? Tell me, Chaos Gate. That was the RTS. Oh, oh, okay. The one we were literally just talking about. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Wait, what? All right. Um, why am I pulling up? Oh, I see your ping. Um. <laughs> Uh, so a couple of the things that yeah, that I saw from Death Trash that was the other one I was thinking of Death Trash there was uh, Death Trash is a pixel sprite based RPG um, action RPG where the so I've played the demo to get a good feel for it and I I like what I've played so far it's one part adventure game RPG one part action RPG and so I was finding a lot of like story bits as I was going right and then complete with talking to people to get quests and stuff like that. And there's like the a world creature or god or whatever that's made out of meat. Okay. Um as you do. Yes. Kind of Cthulhu inspired kind of creature uh, that everybody seems to be worshiping and the setting is like after a world ending event of some sort, right? So like I'm being kicked out of this bunker out into this, the wasteland, so to speak. So these robots are kicking me out of this bunker. And then like the way you get health back is you pick up like organs or meat or your health pickups. Mm -hmm. And then you literally have trash, but you use the trash to build new weapons for your character. And your character's got melee and range weapons. He's got a skill tree for different things. So there was cybernetics was one, one was called Occultism, so I have like a electric thing that I was doing, and then the demo. I think I got to the end of the demo. Um, there was like a stealth and a lockpick skill. There was like a whole bunch of like skill checks for different things, right? Like there was an animal animism, animalism skill or whatever, so I could talk to these weird meat slimes <laughs> and recruit them to do battle for me. What what is it with you and slimes to this, you know, lately? <laughs> meat so, slimes. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, Death Trash is one that's been on my list for quite a while. Um, and I mean, I put almost an hour into it, um, just trying to dick around with it and get a good feel for it. And that was the only demo that I played at length, but there was, was the, what was that one that you, you couldn't get through the t- uh, tutorial of? It looked like a, uh, a, a Souls game, but I mean, it was side scrolling and it almost looked like a fighting game. Like, now, uh, that, now that I played freaking pit people all day i guess i'm not going to do it i think it's is it death store no death store is different death store is uh i'll talk about death store death store is uh looks like a um it's based off of the idea that a that a crow is reaping souls and that's his that's his job you know that you know he reports to work and that was you know he has to go reap souls and so you looked at that one uh and you go through uh, these doors to find these, uh, you know, these law, uh, f- you are assigned a soul to go reap and you have to go, f- uh, go f- through these doors to find them. Um, it's a devolver digital game. It, it's, uh, it's oh, kind right. of I like a, now. uh, it has, it's almost like a twin strike shooter. It looked like a, uh, it looked very similar to how Hades, you know, plays as far as like combat is concerned. Um, and the idea that you know these—it's basically anthropomorphic—you know—it's it's fucking animals. These going and reaping souls from animals. So um, the game you're talking about is called Death Cathedral. Death Cathedral. <coughs> yeah, it was done in a hand. Death is 
fucking like the word death. Oh, chaos, chaos. Oh, I'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, it's like a hand-drawn game and it's like a weird sword fighting game. It, initially, the art style, the art, the armor design looks kind of Souls-like, but yeah. the art style is very hand-drawn. Yeah. Uh, to the point that it irritated you. Um, but so the the way that this, the mechanics work is you have to parry, dodge, or roll past the enemy to get single strikes in, and then you kind of got power moves. And I didn't make it through the tutorial because I suck. Um, but it also, it's like my controller was sticky or there's input lag or something. I don't know what was going on, but like I was... <laughs> That's that's my excuse too. Well, no, I like I think Y was dodge, and I click Y, and then it would happen. It's a demo. It's so probably it's a, not tuned properly, but regardless, it gave me an idea of what it was. But it was too hard for me right it now. It was too hard, and I didn't. If I couldn't make it that far, I was like, "Well, it looks cool, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna save myself some controller breaking." Right. Um, um, I may I may give it a try at some other time. Trigon Space Story was another one that we were both looking at that looked like FTL but a lot more colorful. Yeah, it, and a it, little it, bit more control over what was going on in your ship. It has a uh, uh, it has an interesting like split of the screen. It's kind of at an angle, uh, and uh, it's it's a really interesting take on uh, a space battle. You know, uh, that's FTL style. Because you can see the internal uh, uh, rooms of your ship, and I'm sure that there's going to be, you know, like boarding options and stuff like that for the other ship as well. Um, but it's, if you take FTL and you just turn the uh, turn the graphics up to say what we would consider modern day graphics, um, that's basically what I'm seeing from this, uh, and uh, I'm interested because a I liked ftl um it's just i feel like i've got a couple hundred hours in ftl um it, the F, ftl's uh uh the their choice of uh of graphics for that game fits for ftl but it can get kind of grating after a while because i mean uh, you can only look at pixel art so much right um well, it's also low pixel art, and, and it, it is low res pixel art, so it's you, you don't see a whole lot of detail here. This this looks really flashy, and I guess uh, it's eye candy for me. So I know Terraformers was one that I was looking at. Um, that was another building sim. I know there was another one though that we looked at that looked even cooler. Terra Nil. Terra Nil. Yeah, Terra Nil is another uh, another game that's published by Devolver Digital. Um, and the idea behind Terra Nil is you are, uh, you're building a ecosystem on a wasteland. So you are presented with a barren wasteland and based off of what you put down in, you know, in this wasteland, you will, uh, create green spaces and, fill rivers in and, you know, try to recreate an ecosystem off of, you know, in a, uh, in a barren landscape. And the idea behind this game, you know, it's, it almost feels like a Zen game on top of a building game. I, I'm okay with that. That just, that reminds me like as when we're, as long as we're talking about Zen games, 
One Lonely Outpost is uh, looks like Stardew Valley in space, and I am a hundred percent on board with that for sure. <laughs> the, I mean, I'm looking at gameplay of it right now, and it just looks oh so satisfying. The uh, uh, another one that uh, that was uh, that was put out on the uh, Next Fest, I think it was, is where I saw this is. Uh, a game called uh, the Fermi Paradox, which is kind of like a um, uh, choose-your-own-adventure style, uh, you know, RPG where you're trying to work out relationships between certain, you know, alien creatures. And then in the trailer, they show, oh, and there's this small uh, new civilization that popped up on a little uh, barren rock called Earth. And you're trying to figure out, you know, how to, uh, you know, to work out how to, uh, you know, to interact on a galactic scale. So it's kind of, it was an interesting premise. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I, I was like, okay, I'll give that another, you know, give that a try. I'll watch that for a little bit. It is a strategy, you know, style game. Between the two of you, I'm going to stop talking because we could probably go on all night. Is there any other real standout titles that I skipped that you guys wanted to bring to the show? Um, Lost Ark. I'm. You're more bought into that than I am. Why are you bought into it? Because it's an ARPG. I I desperately need another Diablo style game in my life. I absolutely need to have another one uh, whether that be lost ark or that be uh like uh uh path of exile 2 i'm looking at both of those games you know coming down the pipe and i am in, i'm excited for both of them because they lo- they both look really fantastic i was kind of disappointed with lost ark's presentation not necessarily their the monetization uh, looks yeah their their monetization their strategy to put it on steam was to put lost ark out there and basically shove the hundred dollar package down people's throats that because that's on the you know at the at the top of the list when you go to look for lost ark is the hundred dollar package you know for uh for fucking cosmetics and extra shit and of course you don't necessarily know what you're getting for that because nobody's ever actually touched the game Right, uh, so you don't know what these currencies actually do for you. <clears throat> so, you know, my understanding for Lost Ark is that it's going to be free to play, uh, and that these packs are how you get, you know, how they monetize it. And I don't necessarily disagree with the idea of monetizing games this way. I don't like it, but the uh, the because I turn into a whale. I I fully admit. You don't have a lot of things to spend your money on, and so you end up spending a lot of money on it. I end up finding a game that I like, and then I spend a bunch more money than I intend to on it. Uh, and we talked about how much money I spent on fucking Warframe, and how much money I spent on Path of Exile before I realized what I was doing and quit. Uh, and I almost subconsciously, like you know, say, well, I haven't bought any games in a couple weeks. I might as well put, you know, 50, 60 bucks here, you know, for something that I like. And then I'm like, well, 
maybe this another pack is not that bad. And then another pack and another pack and another pack. I haven't done that shit since Mass Effect multiplayer. And now I'm glad I've broke the cycle. Well, that was loot boxes and that was something completely different. <laughs> um, but the idea behind Lost Ark, the fact that, you know, that it's, you know, it, I'd like to see it succeed because, I mean, it is a, it's, it's an Amazon game studio game. Um, and, I can only imagine that there's going to be some kind of like kickback for Amazon, you know, on Amazon games. And if you have prime, you might actually get some, you know, some free shit for, for having prime. I'm hoping, I don't know if that's the case, but I'm hoping. So that's an extra, you know, extra benefit or bonus for me. Um, One last thing I was going to bring to light is uh, I really like Chucklefish. Chucklefish. Um, they have a game called Starmancer coming out in a couple months, which is a a space port builder game. Um, Starmancer? Yeah, Starmancer. Okay. It comes out literally like six weeks for the early access. But um, it basically looks like a game where you build a colony on a ship. And you build out the ship. And there's another game that I've been playing that's kind of like that, but I can't remember what it's called. I put it down until I got out of early access. But um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else that you wanted to bring to light? I mean, there's... Not for me. Probably be remiss to actually, you know, know, snub fucking Master Chief in this. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I did. That did look pretty cool. Yeah the uh, the idea behind uh, the uh, the new uh, the the new stuff for Halo looked really good. The idea that they're gonna uh, provide the multiplayer as a free to play, you know, access, you know, you know, everybody can access it style thing. I'm sure they're gonna monetize the piss out of it. Um, with different freaking armor skins and whatnot for, you know, for the game. But the multiplayer being kind of a separate thing from the, you know, from the story, you pay for the story, you, you can play the multiplayer without having to buy it if you don't want to, which is That's kind not, of nice. Yeah. I, well, I'll probably be on, it's going to be on Game Pass. Of course so it's going to be on play- Game Pass. I would be down to play the story co I mean, I'm, I'd like to play the story as well because I did actually play through uh, almost all of the Halo games. I I can't say that I be, uh, played Halo 2, but I understood the story of Halo 2. Um, I've played all of them. Of course you have. I didn't play ODST either, and I uh, and I was told that I w- I was missing out on that. You, the multiplayer, that. the multiplayer fun we had with that uh, was a thing of legend. But that was back when we played all night with Scott, and Trent, and some other community folks. Right. the uh, The idea behind uh, that coming to uh, to Game Pass also is another benefit of having Game Pass is you'll have that. Uh, have that access it Shit. does look really good though like the you know the trailer that they put together for the uh for the multiplayer did make it look fun uh there's a lot of different extra moves that you could do with uh you know with that uh you know in multiplayer which i can imagine be you know being fairly fun i don't play the multiplayer in, in halo at all <laughs> so i played odst because it was horde style 
And that was, you know, and that's probably the reason why, you know, you liked it so much. Um, but been always bigger with the co-op versus the PVP. Right. That's, and that's just the way that I've gotten, you know, these days, but master chief coming back and, you know, looking a little bit better than the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the terrible showing that they had previously is a welcome sight. So <clears throat> that's, that's pretty much, I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, there's games that'll be like, oh, that fucking game that, you know, that, you know, that I'll remember after the show. But those are the, uh, I think those are the big hits that, you know, that kind of won the E3s. I'm looking forward to a lot of this Game Pass stuff coming out. There's yeah. even some smaller announcements. Like, I keep thinking about getting into Yakuza. I know it's a pretty high, there's a pretty staunch following for the Yakuza series. And you can literally play every single game. Um, on Game Pass, I just haven't pulled the trigger on it. Instead, I opted to play Pit People. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's just um, that being said, we haven't had something like this in a while, and I think it was it felt like all the game developers or game creators were sitting during all of this COVID business and just creating. Yeah, it feels like the next six, the next eighteen months are going to be. I feel like next year. We're going to have one of those years where we're going to have so many games to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a hard time staying focused to come up with a game of the year list. Whereas this year is super slim pickings because <laughs> nothing fucking came out. There's yeah, it's going to be another top five year. It, it, it probably will be the um, the the look for what 2022 looks like as far as what's coming out for game releases that year. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a really good year to be a PC gamer as well. Um, Cause a lot of these games that they were announced for 2022 are also coming to PC and a lot of them are coming to PC game pass. Um, and I, I know that we've been kind of like drilling down on the game pass thing, but that was the reason yeah, I think Xbox basically knocked it out of the park with their uh, uh, with their well, presentations. The, the PC, well, the PC thing that beta that turned into a reality, and then it being kind of shaky at first, and now having just about every single thing that's on console, they're realizing that there's a big chunk of gamers that are playing on PC. Well, now you know if they're wanting anything new, and the fact that the you know that the consoles are scarce at the moment. People who have PCs already are basically, you know, looking at these, you know, at this as an option to get their hands on the games. Um, so we'll, we'll see more games actually coming out for PC, you know, going forward, I'm sure. Um, things about, you know, the the big, you know, gaping hole that is, uh, you know, Sony's stuff is, you know, it, it's really missed this year because... If there was any E3 they shouldn't have skipped, it's this one. Um, yeah, it's just like it's like Xbox just said, oh, there's no Sony? Yeah. Let's just make our show as big as fucking possible. Right. And and that that rivalry, as much as a, you know, it's kind of weird to you know to want console wars, it's good for competition. And we needed to see some competition for uh, for Xbox and we just didn't see it. Yeah, and now with everything they got, right, like there's just Right now, I don't there to play. I don't see myself buying a PS5 to pay 
to pay for three exclusives. <laughs> oh, that reminds it actually reminds me of the uh, the chaos, the fucking uh, the Final Fantasy, uh, oh. the Final Fantasy game that if you watch the trailer, they say the word chaos about thirty fucking times in about two and a half minutes. I watched it on mute and decided the game looked cool, but the. <laughs> The VO was kind of goofy as fuck. It was really goofy. Like, they picked out every single fucking, you know, instance in the game where they used the word chaos and put it together in a montage. And that's what it felt like. Um, that, that does remind me, this is one last thing. The new Monster Hunter just did not look interesting to me. The uh, Was the Monster Hunter um, Rise, or is it... Uh, the turn-based battler. Oh. That's done in a the, the nearly Okami art style. Oh, it 100% turned me off. Uh, was it Monster Hunter? It's the one that's on Steam right now. You can, it comes out in like three weeks. Is, uh, fuck. Now what I'm thinking, what am I thinking? What What's the, I'll find it. Is it Monster Hunter Stories? Yeah. Wings of Ruin? Yeah. You didn't like that? Not even a little bit. Okay. I mean... I don't want to be a little kid on a dragon. Okay. I mean, I, I understand. I, I can understand that. It, um, it, it feels like 20 steps back. <laughs> nothing Nothing was even remotely cool about that. Okay. I, I will uh, I, I will give you that. It's, it's probably not what you expect from a Monster Hunter thing. But the, the original Monster Hunter stories you know, game was fairly popular for its story. So if you can get through the gameplay of it, the story was actually kind of cool. The gameplay might even be good, but I just 100% like without a doubt turned off by the. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got it. The the kid RPG. It's, it it was meant to be kind of like a, a more accessible, you know, entry to monster hunter for, for kids, you know? So, uh, the the idea behind that was was that I mean Monster Hunter is actually a fairly difficult game to get into, um, you know if if you look at it because it's you have very you know uh, you, you know the move sets are are I'm, I'm very aware yeah and I that's mean, what, I that's played what, fucking four hundred hours of Monster Hunter World so Monster Hunter World's what I want Monster Hunter Stories is not what I want Monster Hunter World Two would be nice so. That being said, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash TiltCast. And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. And with that, find some friends of the show. We've got For the Love Gaming. We've got Cabbage, KBG. We've got NoQuarters.net. Yep. Got bmfcast.com and tvgp.tv. They play Dota EST with us. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.